Well, those shepherds were going around their ordinary workaday life, looking after the sheep on the hillside. It was dark. There were no big street lights, um, little oil lamps perhaps uh, glowing in uh, Bethlehem below them, the sheep uh, sleeping. Suddenly, uh, they're terrified by the appearance of an angel from the realms of glory. All that's happened is a piece of reality has uh, pressed into this uh, temporal region time. Uh, this is something that's passing. Uh, eventually, we'll be all gathered in to an eternity, eternal glory or an eternal horror. It needn't be the horror. The glory is beckoning us through what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Uh, the gates are wide open to glory. In fact, they're off their hinges. Uh, the trap door to hell is really sealed. Uh, we don't have to go that way because the price has been paid. But something of eternity uh, startles the shepherds, in fact, terrifies them. Don't be afraid, says the angel. I've got good news. It'll bring you great joy. It's for all the people, including those at Heath Evangelical on the 31st of December 2023. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour. He's Christ the Lord. And lo, within a manger lies he who built the starry skies. The angels disappear back into the realms of glory and darkness pervades the hillside again. And far from going back to their ordinary workaday business, looking after the sheep, let's go to Bethlehem. So we're thinking about this aftermath. We looked at that this morning. Uh, they made haste. Uh, they went speedily. Uh, you can see them running down the hill. Uh, perhaps the younger ones, the younger shepherds are ahead. Perhaps a bit of stumbling and falling, but getting up and gathering uh, their garments and uh, hurtling down the hill towards uh, Bethlehem. And they arrive and they see, and all was just as had been told them. Uh, the finding, they took God at his word. The messenger was a, a heavenly angel. Uh, he gave them the gospel. Good news, great joy, a saviour. Christ the Lord, here you've got a human angel uh, tonight, not a, a heavenly one. Um, a human angel, uh, angel simply means messenger, but it's the same message I have. The first preacher of the Christmas message was a heavenly angel. But in the succeeding centuries since then, uh, it's human angels who share this good news. But it all comes from God. Uh, he's the source of it all. And all the joy in those shepherds in finding. And we took this morning the picture of somebody coming to, to faith. Taking God at his word and moving from where they are and encountering uh, Jesus Christ. And true faith brings us to a real encounter uh, with the living God. And for these shepherds, the obedience of faith brought great blessing. God was true to his word. And we're told in verse 20 here that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. If you and me, again, no need to go to Bethlehem. Uh, the risen Lord Jesus Christ is here by his spirit. You can encounter him right where you're sitting in the pew this evening. 
or else in the link out there, or else watching comfortably on a settee or an armchair in your homes online. Jesus would say to you tonight, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come and you will find rest for your souls. Conversion, forgiveness of sins, peace with God and with others, the presence of God, the certainty of heaven to come, and power to live. What I didn't mention this morning was um, the transformation that must have taken place in these shepherds even many, many years later when the ordinary had returned. They wouldn't forget that particular night and an encounter with the Savior of the world. There is a need for us to grow as believers and keeping Jesus Christ constantly in view. Things go wrong for us when we set our eyes on maybe uh, the activity of a church and get all taken up in activity. We set our eyes on our particular gifts and the use of them, important though that is. Uh, we set our eyes on the, the text and the original languages and uh, commentaries and uh, confessions and statements of faith and uh, good as they are. If that's where our focus is, we'll get lost in those things. But you and I need to be constantly lost in wonder, love and praise of and in the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I, um, we used this carol this morning, See Amid the Winter Snow, the last verse. Teach, O teachers, holy child, by thy face so meek and mild. Teachers to resemble thee in thy sweet humility. You know, the very hallmark of a true believer, and increasingly it needs to be so, is humility. Humility. If I, if you and I, if we as a gathered church constantly keep the Lord Jesus Christ, his person, and his work up front and central and recognizing always what we are, sinners saved by grace, uh, the mere dust of the earth in comparison to him, who am I? Staying humble, what a transformation that would be. Sad to say, for many of us, we have this battle with our, ourselves. Me, 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 me. Whereas it ought to be constantly him, 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 and him. Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. But now this, this evening, I want us to focus on not only the finding of the Lord Jesus Christ, but what happened after that? As we're entering 2024, we have a, a task and those shepherds are showing us the way. And I suppose it's verses 17 and 18 I want us to, to focus on this evening of Luke chapter 2. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
Now, what had been told them concerning this child? They had been told that he was the Savior and he was Christ the Lord. Christ, full of meaning in that uh, Jewish uh, context, uh, the long-promised one, the one prophesying from Genesis 3 and verse 15, who would come and put right what had gone wrong in the Garden of Eden. Uh, he would come and crush Satan's head. And in that time, uh, his heel would be bruised. And then the prophecies multiplying, the Christ, the Messiah uh, to come. Uh, one would come who would be uh, a child. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. It's the Christ. And these shepherds have this message. And He's the Lord of glory. He's very God of very God. Behold, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Uh, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Our God contracted to a span. I'm not sure how much the shepherds understood, but what they did know, they did share. They went around proclaiming. They went around, they made widely known, it says here in the New King James Version, the saying, uh, I think the New International Version, as I mentioned this morning, said they began spreading the news. Uh, all who they met, something so wonderful had happened, they wanted to make it known. Uh, this word spreading the news, this phrase, it's encompassed in one uh, Greek words, uh, gorizo, which means this, to give uh, full knowledge of, such as they had, they wanted to share. And, and what a story they had to tell. And as they met people, tell me, tell me everything. Is it really as I've been told? Yes, it was. Sit down. Let's have a cup of tea uh, together. Let me tell you what happened that particular night. Of course, they were taking great risks. Perhaps some would ridicule them. Maybe they were drinking too much uh, wine that night on the, on the hillside. They were facing maybe risking opposition. Certainly danger. Herod is the king there in Jerusalem. He's not pleased about what's happening. But they had to speak. What they had heard and what they had seen, they had to speak. Wasn't a great deal. It was limited. A saviour has been born. He's the Christ. He is the Lord. You couldn't keep them quiet. They were spreading the news. Garizzo. They were making it widely known. You had a word with uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he would say, well, I have to speak. Woe to me, he says in 1 Corinthians 9, I think it's verse 16, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Uh, you tell me uh, not to. I tell you, I, I, I can't resist. It's the love of Christ that constrains me when I think about His mercy and His love and the magnificence of His person, His being, and the greatness of the offer He makes to a sinful world, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. 
There's forgiveness of sins. There's peace with God. There's the certainty of heaven to come. How can I keep it to myself, says Paul? Uh, the love of Christ constrains me. But also Paul would say this in the, uh, the same passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You see, the alternative to glory is hell. And God desires that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a way that is open and all may go in. At Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to, to Jesus, making Him known. The shepherds had to speak. Paul had to speak. Jeremiah in the Old Testament, the people said to Jeremiah, it was a wicked time, it was a dark time. Still religion, but very little true religion. Jeremiah stopped speaking in his name. Oh, says Jeremiah, you tell me to stop speaking, I cannot. Your word, O oh God, is like a fire within my bones. I cannot keep silent. And true Christianity is not only finding Christ, which the shepherds had done, as we saw uh, this morning, but then it's making Him known. And the knowing Christ, and the finding Him, and the seeing Him. Remember, we had those Greek words this morning. Blepo means physically to see, but uh, the shepherds, and the word used here was hereo, where you see with a perception and an understanding. And you might hear about Jesus Christ, uh, and it's a surface understanding. Uh, maybe an unbalance of probabilities, you would say, well, it's 2023, so something must have happened back in Israel 2,000-odd years ago. He probably existed. He probably was a great teacher. Maybe he did rise from the dead, and it's all factual. But it needs to change from that to this encounter where you understand and perceive who he is and the magnificence of what he has done. It's not only knowing Christ, the true disciple will have a desire for this gorizo to make him known. Hareo leads to this gorizo, seeing to speaking. Now it's challenging to me, and I trust it's challenging to you under the work of the Spirit to state this, that Jesus will have no secret believers. Jesus will have no secret believers. Tell of all the Lord has done for you. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord, unnumbered blessings that have been poured upon us. And we know more than the shepherds knew. They've got the Old Testament prophecies. They've seen this little baby and they see with this hareo, not just the blepo. Others saw a human baby. The shepherds saw and perceived and understood. He is our God contracted to us, spanning comprehensively, made man. And this little baby was going to put right all that had gone wrong. We know the full story. We got it in glorious technicolor. We see it all. We have this panorama of the whole counsel of God and His great plan to save lost mankind. We can't keep it 
to ourselves. We have to make it known. Jesus will have no secret believers. Uh, Romans, just finding it here now, it comes to mind. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Je- uh, with, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There must be that confession. Remember the lady who uh, had the bleed that lasted for 12 years and she'd gone to many physicians and uh, instead of getting better, she got worse. She'd spent all her money on these quacks who did her no good at all. There, but for all their boasting and advertising, she didn't get better, she got worse. Then she hears about one who is performing miracles. There's a great crowd of people around about him. And she has such faith, you remember? All I need to do is touch the hem of his garments. Faith. And she pushes through the crowd and she reaches out. She touches the hem and then she's off. Jesus will have none of that. He knew exactly what had happened. Who touched me? And she comes trembling back to him. The disciples are perplexed. What do you mean, who touched you? The, the crowd is pressing around you. Who touched me? with the hand of faith. Well, and she has to confess. Go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. She has to confess what has happened. Jesus will have no secret believers. Remember the demon-possessed man? He's possessed by a legion. He lives in the graveyards. He's... Uh, chained because the people fear him but he has such strength in this possession that uh, the chains he, he can break them and as Jesus lands on the shore by the graveyard on the hill uh, this demoniac comes hurtling down the hill towards him screaming the disciples must have been terrified I'd be first back in the boat but Jesus is looking calmly and commands the demons to come out of him uh, and the man is healed and restored. Instead of being naked and uh, uh, out of his mind, he's sitting and he's clothed and he's in his right mind. And Jesus gets into the boat. Then he's going to cross the Sea of Galilee again with his disciples. And the, the man says, oh, let me come with you. No, says Jesus. I want you to stay here. And go throughout the Decapolis and tell the people all that the Lord has done for you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, speaking to his disciples, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be, cannot be hidden. You, now we take it personally, what hope is there in the world? Coming to 2024, it's going to be an election year. Is that exciting? Does that excite you? What hope do we have in politics? We need to pray 
for our leaders. Maybe we're not praying enough. When was the last time we really laid hold on the Lord in our prayer meeting for our city council, our uh, Welsh uh, Senate, and for the government in Westminster? Uh, 2024, an election year. Is our hope in, in politics? What, what light do they have? They will issue their manifestos and uh, we will read them. Well, they'll be published anyway. And uh, they'll make many, many promises. More tax, less tax. Why? Is that light? Is that where our hope is? We need to pray for them. You and I have the only hope for our families, our neighborhoods, our work colleagues, our children, our children's children. Good to have my children's children here tonight. And uh, yeah, one of, one of my children and uh, five grandchildren there. You know, the only hope for you is not, um, it's not Keir Starmer, it's, uh, it's not, what's the conservative chap called? Rishi Sunak, it's not, I can't remember the Democrat chappy, I, I don't know. It's not, pray for them, but your only hope is Jesus Christ. <laughs> the only hope. And I have that light, and I hope you see in the lives, I'm not just talking to my grandchildren now, it, are, are we? Well, we are, because Jesus says so. You are the light of the world. That means in our, our conduct, we are distinctly different. In our words, we have something to say. This world is passing. It's brief. I remember being the age of my grandchildren. Look at me now. Where does the time go? And some of you out there are older than me. And you remember being my age, and you probably think I'm quite a young chap. Do you? Do you? I don't know. I don't want to look too personally anywhere, but time goes so quickly. Life disappearing. But eternity is still out there. What's the hope? It's only, only Jesus Christ. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Here's a picture of the church now, Heath Evangelical Church. What impact are we making on this area of Cardiff? Do the people out there even know that we're here? You know, many churches don't even have a, a Sunday evening service generally. And many others, because it's New Year's Eve, don't have an evening service tonight. But we have something to say. We have a message to share. And so the doors are open again, and, and long may it be so. A city on a hill. But do the people see? Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. How a strange thing. I want to illuminate my room. So I, I light a lamp, and then I cover it over. Bizarre. You are the light of the world. Don't hide that light. Don't hide that light. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In Acts chapter 4, there was great persecution against the early church and against the apostles in particular. Acts chapter 4 and verse 17, the, the apostles have been arrested and the Sanhedrin uh, make this declaration, Acts 4, 17. 
But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, the apostles, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them and said, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, more than to God you judge. For we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. A little bit like the shepherds now. Speaking the things they had seen and heard. But with those threats, they go back to the church in Jerusalem. They share what has happened and they, they pray. They pray. So we've got a week of prayer coming up starting Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Four nights. Is it 7.30 every night? In, I think it's 7.30 each night in the church hall. Uh, we won't uh, prolong it. Perhaps it's for an hour to, to pray together unless the Lord uh, moves in a powerful way by the Spirit. Then we'll all be in agreement to stay uh, longer. We were delighted to do that. But for an hour, we'll come and make our petitions. The needs out there are great. The needs in here are great. Now, Lord, here we have it, verse 29 of Acts 4. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders might be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know, the greatest sign and wonder is a transformed life. It's what people can't work out. That's the scary thing about Christianity, that it works. But can people see that it works? Are we very, very different from the culture around and about us? And when they had prayed this prayer, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. No secret believers. It is all my business here below to cry, behold the Lamb. We do many things as Christian people. We have jobs and families and interests and uh, the ups and downs of life. But I'm only here for one reason, and when that is finished, the Lord takes us to, to glory. We're here to be witnesses for, for Him. And we are immortal until our work is completed. So if you are getting older and wondering why you're still here, if you're listening from a care home tonight and wondering maybe why you're still here, I know, longing for glory, but you still have a work that the Lord has for you to do, to be a witness where you are, you in your small corner and I in mine. No secret believers. So really coming to some applications I close tonight, what about you and I? Like the shepherds, many of us here, we found Christ, we understand who he is. He's the saviour of the world. Not only that, he's the saviour of my soul. Jesus, lover of my soul. And there's that happy day that fixed my choice on him as my saviour and my God. Have you got that date or that time period? Uh, we can check that. We've got the horeo. But what about the garizo? What about the, the making him known? What about making him known? Are we good at that? Um, I'm sure we all feel inadequate there. 
Maybe it could be our prayer at the start of 2024. Make us bolder. Give us more opportunities. Help us to live in such a way that it provokes the question. Remember, Roger Carswell has a talk, hasn't he? What must I do? And he asks people to complete that verse. And we all say, what must I do to be saved? That's the verse in uh, Acts 16, verse 31. But no, Roger Carswell's talk is this. What must I do to be asked the question? What must I do to be saved? Here we've got to live distinctive lives. We've got to be taking the opportunities that he gives to us to know him and to make him known. The knowing him, we've got off to a T here at Heath Evangelical Church. Good Bible teaching, a good means of grace. What about making him known? Is that up center? Is that right at the very forefront? You know, the founders of this church belonged to a, a group from the Presbyterian Church of Wales called the Forward Movement. And uh, John Pugh, who established this particular church here, along with the Joshua uh, brothers and others as well, it is thrilling to read the account of what God did in that period, 1880 to 1910 or so before the outbreak of the First World War and here in Cardiff and throughout Wales and funded by godly, wealthy businessmen such as the Corys and uh, David Davis of Clandinham. Not the David Davis of Penarth currently, but David Davis of Clandinham. These rich businessmen uh, moved by God and the appeals made by men like John Pugh uh, opened up the purse strings and uh, buildings like this went up, but it began with tents in fields. You know, when this church was built, there was nothing. You can see the pictures and nothing over there. No houses, no shops, but the church came from a, a tent campaign and so throughout Cardiff and throughout Wales and uh, Pew being driven by this task that was unfinished. Oh, he was very um, inventive. I've forgotten the term, but it, certainly he was inventive. He was clean in his methods, but he wasn't conventional. I mean, to set up a tent, he was all for new tunes and uh, new songs that were coming in from America and uh, new methods of outreach that were being used. But the crowds were drawn. And buildings like this went up and many folks were added to the kingdom. With our life and with our lips, we ought to be shining for him, spreading the news. We do it individually and we need to be doing that as a church. Let me, again, coming to a, a conclusion this evening, I think it's, it's about a month ago that uh, Pastor Wynne was preaching and he said, I think I've got time to read this. And I'm glad he did have time to read it because I want to read it again. And I wonder where we are as a church. And we need to pray this through. It's an illustration. And I wonder, are we the comfortable social club? Or are we the little lifeboat station? Yeah. 
Because John Pugh built a lifeboat station under the hand of God. We may be a little bit too comfortable here. On a dangerous sea coast where shipwrecks often occurred, there was once a crude little lifeboat station. The building was just a hut, and there's only one boat, but a few devoted members kept a constant watch over the sea and with no thought for themselves, went out day and night tirelessly searching for the lost. Some of those who had been saved and various others in the surrounding area wanted to become associated with the station and give of their time and money and effort for the support of its work. New boats were bought and new crews were trained. The little lifeboat station grew. Then some members of the lifeboat station became unhappy that the building was so crude and poorly equipped. They felt that a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge for those saved from the sea. They replaced the emergency hammocks with beds and put better furniture in the enlarged building. Now the lifeboat station became a popular gathering place for its members and they decorated it beautifully and furnished it exquisitely because they used it as a sort of a social club. Fewer members were now interested in going out on life-saving missions, so they hired lifeboat crews to do this work. However, life-saving pictures and mementos still decorated the club's walls, and there was a lifeboat model in the room where official meetings were held. About this time, a large ship was wrecked off the coast, and the hired crews brought in boatloads of cold, wet, and half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick, and came from all sorts of races, countries, and religions. The beautiful new club was in chaos, so the property committee immediately had a shower house built outside the club, where the shipwrecked victims could be cleaned up before coming inside. At the next meeting, there was a split in the club membership. Most of the members said they wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities since they were unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal life of the club. Against them, some members insisted that life-saving was their primary purpose and pointed out that they were still called a lifeboat station. But they were finally outvoted and told that if they wanted to save the lives of all the various types of people who might be shipwrecked, they could begin their own lifeboat station down the coast. And they did. As the years went by, the story repeated itself again and again. If you go there today, you will find a number of exclusive clubs along the coastline. Shipwrecks are still frequent in those waters, but most of the people drown. Keith Green, who uh, died tragically at the age of 29, famous gospel singer, 1970s and 1980s, uh, wrote a very moving song. You could uh, try it on Spotify or Amazon Music. Uh, Asleep in the Light. Do you see? Do you see all the people sinking down? Do you care? Do you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? But you just hold back and pretend the job's done. Well, it's not done. 
of facing a task unfinished to the people even though we are here. May our week of prayer be moved by us crying to God that we might truly be that lifeboat station, that rescue station. We might not only find Christ for ourselves, but be moved from the rail to the garizo to spread the news and to make him known. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this brief time as the year 2023 comes to a close now. And so our lives are rapidly coming to the point where they will be called to yourself. Lord, help us to work well while you give us breath. So we leave 2023 and move into 2024. I pray that ourselves personally, that this church here might truly be what it ought to be, uh, knowing Christ and making him known, that sinners might be saved and your name will be glorified. Amen. Well, let's conclude final hymn of 2023. What did I choose? Jesus, the name high over all.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.